Well, good morning. It's uh, lovely to be with you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your time this morning. It's not something we take for granted. Um, I get the privilege of, of opening up the Bible and getting to share something of Jesus. And I wouldn't want to be doing anything else right now. And I hope it will be helpful to you as well. Um, if you've got a Bible to hand or on a device, uh, or if you're under, I don't know, 30 in these verses or on a tattoo somewhere, we're going to be in Mark chapter 1. Uh, verses 40 to 45, just the last bit of Mark chapter 1. If you want to get that open, that would, uh, I'm sure, be a great help. So here's what I want us to know this morning, uh, just so that you can, if you need to drift off, you can drift off. One of the great things about being a Christian is that Jesus makes it safe for God to know the worst things about us. So I hope that's something we can lean into this morning. I hope that's something we can enjoy as we come before God, as, uh, as we worship him. Now, I want to begin by talking about football. I know there's still a bit of heartache. I know there are some still some slightly raw wounds on that front. And uh, for us English folks, we still have to look back to 1966 uh, to remember some football glory. But 1966, it was Bobby Moore was the man who captained our team to victory, and he was interviewed about that victory shortly afterwards. He had to walk up the steps of Wembley Stadium to receive the World Cup trophy from the Queen, and he was interviewed about this afterwards, and the interviewer said, that must have felt amazing that you got to walk up and get that trophy from the Queen. And surprisingly, Bobby Moore said, no, it was terrifying. And the interviewer said, why? How come? This is, this is your moment of glory. And he said, because as I walked up the steps, I, I could see the queen and I noticed that she was wearing pristine white gloves. And I realized I was caked in mud and I was going to have to shake her hand. And you can actually look this up on YouTube and see him walking up those steps. And he is frantically trying to rub the dirt off his hands before he meets the queen. It's amazing. Now, all of us have had times when we feel particularly dirty. Sometimes it's a, a serious occasion in the kind of Bobby Moore type category. Sometimes we're just aware that we've already left the house and we've, we suddenly realize we've got a blob of ketchup on our front or something like that. But all of us will know that feeling of we just feel a bit unclean. We feel a bit dirty. But there are more than one, there's more than one way to feel unclean. There's feeling like you're unclean on the outside. That can be pretty bad enough. But even more serious is when we feel unclean on the inside. We feel morally dirty. We feel even spiritually filthy. Many of us may know that feeling as well. And that's our kind of theme this morning. As we think about this whole theme this weekend of hope, I want us to, to, to lean into the hope we have of being cleansed by Jesus. Cleansed of our shame, cleansed of our inner dirt. So I don't know how you're feeling about yourself this morning. You may be feeling absolutely great. That's cool. Glad you're here too. Uh, you may be feeling that sense of inner something's not right. So I hope this will help you. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to read some verses from Scripture. Um, I'm an Anglican, so I have to preach with three headings. So the three headings we're going to think about are our need for cleansing, the means 
of cleansing and the cost of cleansing. Okay, so I'm going to read from that passage in Mark. Uh, you can follow, on, uh, follow along or just listen in. So this is Mark 1, verse 40. A leper came to Jesus, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. I believe these are God's words for us this morning. Um, now, somewhere there's a clock telling me when to shut up, which I can't see. So I think someone called Ben is going to stand up and wave at me at some point. So if you're listening, and if I got your name right, Ben, scream when I need to kind of think about being quiet. Otherwise, it's your fault. Okay. So let's think firstly about the need for cleansing. Um, I, I'm going to confess I've not read much Shakespeare. I don't know if you have. But there is a moment in Shakespeare's play Macbeth which gives us one of the most famous examples of someone looking for inner cleaning. Um, in the play, Lady Macbeth has been complicit in the murder of the king, and sometime later we catch up with her and she's sleepwalking, and in her sleep she is frantically scrubbing her hands and desperately trying to get her hands clean. And in her sleep she's even saying, out, damned spot. Out, I say, can these hands never be clean? But however compulsively she's washing her hands in her sleep, she can't seem to get the stain of the king's blood out of her hands. No amount of scrubbing can take the guilt of what she's done away from her. And it's one of the most insightful things Shakespeare ever wrote. He describes what we now understand to be a very common response to deep guilt. Uh, we want to wash ourselves clean of what we've done, but we can't. We can't wash our interior. And it may well be that some of us are very conscious of that today. Maybe there are things we know we have done, and it doesn't matter how much time has passed, the guilt never goes away, that the sense of being stained never goes away. But of course, it's not just what we do to others that can make us feel unclean. Sometimes it's what others have done to us. I was talking to a, a young guy a while ago who's around 18 years old. And he told me about a time a few years earlier when a family friend had tried to do something very inappropriate with him. And he said that ever since then, he has felt dirty. He has felt unclean. He used those words. Something that wasn't his fault at all had still left him feeling dirty. That is sadly very often the case when it comes to issues like abuse. People feel dirty because of what has happened. 
Now, there is no area of life where we don't need the help of Jesus, and in every area of life, he is available to give us that, that help. And Jesus himself knows what it's like to be mistreated. He knows what it's like to be shamed. And wonderfully, he offers us cleansing. We need that cleansing. And the guy in our passage is not unfamiliar with that himself. We're told that he was a leper. So in addition to all the physical discomfort, all the agony he had to go through because of his condition, he had the social pain of being isolated. Leprosy then was highly infectious. It was regarded as physically dangerous and incurable. So he had to be isolated from everybody else. Um, everyone would have known he was a leper. Um, he would have been alone. Uh, to even poke your head around someone's door would be enough to contaminate that person and that whole household. So it was incredibly isolating. Uh, you were seen as being like a dead person. You were spiritually unclean. So it's hard to imagine a worse affliction. Uh, people like that man would have felt toxic. And I know that's how some of us will feel this morning. Maybe you feel as though the only thing you can bring to other people is contamination. Maybe you feel that kind of sense of being radioactive. Maybe you feel you're just too messed up inside and all you can do is just spoil other people with that. Contaminate others. And for, for many of us who feel that way, we can often think, well, I can see why God likes other people, but there is no way God wants anything to do with me. I can see how he can be gracious and merciful and kind to other people. But I'm too far gone. I am too messed up. I'm just off the charts Well, again, if that's you, this passage of Scripture is for you. This Jesus is for you. And again, there may be some of us feeling, yep, yeah, okay, that may well be the case for some of you, but I'm good. I'm fine. But actually, one of the things the Bible does with this image of leprosy is, is to show us it's a picture of what all of us are like spiritually to some extent. None of us, naturally, by our own kind of devices, none of us are spiritually clean in God's sight. So some of you may feel actually really good about yourselves. You look at yourself in the mirror and think, yeah, I am fine. But actually there are things in you that are not right things in you that need to be cleaned up and sorted out. And maybe it's your obliviousness to that that actually is the thing that most causes problems in other people's lives around you. So we have the need for cleansing. All of us have that need for cleansing, whether we feel it intensely, whether we feel it barely. But wonderfully, the Bible doesn't just show us uh, the problems. It doesn't just show us our needs. We see in Jesus here the means for cleansing. 
Now, this little episode in Mark's Gospel begins with something really unthinkable happening. This leper comes up to Jesus. Um, That is shocking. He is not meant to be approaching anyone. He's meant to be steering clear of everyone, but he knows that Jesus is not everyone. He recognizes something about Jesus. He knows that Jesus has come to bring healing and cleansing. He knows that Jesus has come to to put us back together again. He knows that what he has is a form of living death. And he knows that Jesus can sort out death. He knows there is a force in the universe that can cleanse us inside. And that may be news to some of us this morning. Do you know that there is a way in this universe for you to be made clean on the inside, completely clean? Well, he recognizes something about Jesus. He also recognizes something about himself. He knows that he's not worthy. So he says to Jesus, if you will you can make me clean. He's saying, listen, Jesus, I I know you have the capacity. He believes Jesus can, but he doesn't presume Jesus should. So he says, listen, I, I know you have the ability to do this, but I don't have the right to this. I can't demand this of you. You don't owe me cleansing. And so he asks him, he says to Jesus, listen, it's, it's up to you. Now, everyone else will have been horrified at what this man has done, coming up to Jesus, approaching him. Uh, they would have been, I'm sure, just as horrified at what Jesus does in response. And Mark really slows things down and wants us to see how Jesus reacts to this man Uh, The first thing we're told in verse 41 is that Jesus is moved with pity. Uh, Jesus is not indifferent to this guy. Uh, Jesus doesn't respond with revulsion to this man. He cares about him. So whatever it is you have done, Or whatever it is that has been done to you that makes you feel toxic. Please know Jesus Christ does not find you disgusting. When Jesus encounters this man, he's moved with pity. He cares. This man matters to him. What this man is going through matters to him. What you are going through matters to Jesus. He cares about you. So when Jesus looks and sees the darkness in your heart, when Jesus looks and sees the darkness in my heart, when he looks and sees the mess in your life, Jesus is not grossed out by you. Jesus does not recoil from you. Jesus does not move away from you. Jesus moves towards you. You do not need to wonder today how Jesus feels about you. 
But Mark doesn't just tell us what, how Jesus feels. That in itself is amazing. He tells us what Jesus does. And we're told Jesus reaches out and touches this man. And that is amazing. This man, it would have been years, it may have been decades since anyone physically touched him. Uh, you're just not meant to do that. It, it's dangerous. The, the Old Testament law said you can't touch a leper because it was dangerous to you. You would become unclean. This man has not been touched by anyone, but again, he knows Jesus is not anyone. And so Jesus says to him, I am willing. Be clean. My, my friends, there is a God at the heart of this universe, and Jesus shows us the heart of that God is not just to be theoretically able to help us, but a God whose heart is willing. A God who says, I am willing, be clean. Jesus feels for us, he can help us, he means to help us. The point where we are at our greatest need is actually the very point that draws Jesus towards us. It's not our impressiveness that catches his, his attention, it's our need that draws his heart towards us. Well, the effect of this is immediate. Jesus says that to the man. He touches the man. Immediately, we're told, the leprosy goes away. Jesus' words speak uncleanness out of this man and cleanness into him. And so it turns out Jesus was never at risk from this man's leprosy. The leprosy was at risk from Jesus. In other words, Jesus' cleanness is more contagious than that man's uncleanness. So here's what we need to know. This is what we need to celebrate this morning. There is more that is right in Jesus than there is wrong in you. There is more goodness in Jesus than there is sin in you. There is more grace in Jesus than there is offense in you. The very worst in us cannot compete with the very best in Jesus. That's what we see here. But it's hard to believe, isn't it? So maybe you think, well, that, that sounds theoretically, I can believe that for other people. I just don't know if I can believe that for me. So maybe you're thinking, I'm, I'm just too messed up. I'm just too far gone. It's going to be my sin that breaks him. Well, if you're tempted to think that way, can I say with kindness? You're not that special. You're really not. 
There is no sin in you that is more powerful than Jesus. There is nothing in you that is too much for him to handle. Okay, it's not that Jesus looks at the rest of the human race and goes, yeah, I can probably figure them out, then comes to you and goes, whoa, no, I'm sorry, that's just, that's just way beyond me. That category does not exist. Uh, one of my favorite verses is Romans 5, verse 20, where we're told that where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So however far sin is able to go, however deep sin is able to get, grace always outruns it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring your biggest sin. And Jesus is going to bring his best cleanness. And we'll see who wins. The means of cleansing is Jesus himself. And this morning, today, right now, Jesus is saying, I am willing. Be clean. Jesus, right now, this morning, today, his heart is moved with pity towards us. His hand is reaching out to touch us. So we can come to him. But before we do, Mark just wants us to notice one more thing, and that is the cost of this cleansing. It looks kind of easy. Yeah, that's great. Jesus just kind of rocks up, taps you on the shoulder, goes, done, you're sorted out now, and then merrily carries on to the next one. But it's, it's actually not that straightforward. It's not that easy for Jesus in one sense. He gives this man two instructions. Uh, the first thing he tells him to do is just to, is to be quiet, to shut up. Um, Jesus says, say nothing to anyone. Okay, he's not saying, hey, could you be a bit discreet about this? I don't really want this to kind of, you know, blow up too much. He's not saying be discreet. He's saying, say nothing to anyone. Okay, Jesus has good reasons why this miracle needs to be quiet for this, for this particular time. And instead, he says, go and see the priest. Um, he will give you the kind of official clean bill of health that will mean you can rejoin community, you can rejoin society. But instead, in verse 45, the guy just goes out and tells everyone. Okay, this he sticks it on TikTok, he sticks it on Instagram. The thing goes viral, everyone is talking about it. And we can get that. <laughs> He's just spent however many years, however many decades, shunned, isolated, on his own. Now he's finally, he's better, he's back. It's going to be hard not to say something about that. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing how in need of Jesus we can be. Amazing how desperate we can be for his grace and mercy. How glad we can be to receive it. And then how quick to think we know better than Jesus what we should do next. And yet Jesus still gives us his grace. 
Well, the result of that man kind of disobeying Jesus and going around and telling everyone, the result of that, Mark tells us in verse 45, is that Jesus is now not able to openly travel around and enter places. It's, it's really significant. I said earlier that Jesus was not contaminated by this man's leprosy. He was not made unclean by this man, but there's a sense in which he has been made unclean by him. At the start of this episode, it was the leper who was the outsider. It was the leper who was excluded. It was the leper who couldn't go into the, into the community. Now, at the end of this scene, it's Jesus who's on the outside. It's Jesus who's excluded. It's Jesus who can't go into the communities. They've swapped places. And Mark is giving us a clue as to how it is that Jesus is ultimately going to cleanse us when he dies on the cross. How is it Jesus takes away our shame? He bears it himself. How is it Jesus takes away our guilt? He bears it himself. How does Jesus deal with our sin? He bears it himself. And so this episode is a foretaste of what Jesus will do on the cross for all of us. Uh, we're told that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God made him who had no sin to be sin. God made him who had no guilt to be guilt. Who had no shame to be shame, who had no uncleanness, no dirt, to be filthy for us. So that in him we might be clean. We might be cleansed. It's no small thing for Jesus to do this. It's free to us, but it cost him his very life. And yet as Jesus went to that cross, it was as if he was looking you in the eye and looking me in the eye and saying, even though it will take my life, I am willing. Be clean. And that is what he's saying to us this morning. So here's what we're going to do. It may well be that there are some of us this morning who, who know that we need to come to Jesus to be cleansed on the inside. Some of you are camping. You may well need to be cleansed on the outside as well. That's, that's not my, my business this morning. But it may well be that some of us, even for the first time, need that cleansing Jesus is willing to provide for us. Some of us may have been Christians for years and perhaps even we are still sensing a fresh need to come before Jesus again. Maybe, this is some, maybe there's stuff in our lives that we've never really dealt with. We've never really brought before Jesus. 
Well, I'm going to pray for us in a moment, but what I'd love you to do is there are some folks here. They've got, I think, green vests on. Uh, there they are. They're going to be available at the sides. Um, if you would like anyone to talk to or to pray with, they would love to pray with you. They'd love to listen. They'd love just to know how you're doing. So if anyone would like specifically to talk something through, to receive that cleansing afresh, please do come and find one of these uh, friends. Uh, it will be their privilege to be able to pray with you. But let me pray for us all now um, before Joe leads us in some more worship. Our Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the heart of Jesus that is moved with pity. Father, we thank you for the hands of Jesus that will reach out to touch the untouchable. Father, we thank you for the purity, for the, the cleanness, the holiness, the righteousness of Jesus that is not contaminated by us, but indeed spills over and contaminates us. We thank you that his cleanness is more contagious than our uncleanness. And more than that, Father, we thank you that through his death and resurrection, he was not just able but willing to provide that cleansing, even to the point of shedding his blood. And we thank you that that same Jesus is with us today. That same cleansing is available to us today. That same heart of Jesus is still willing, is still moved, still cares. So we pray, our Father, that we would approach him afresh and receive those glorious words, I am willing, be clean. And we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.